0: You know, um, last week, a little over a week ago, I had the opportunity of, um, to speak at the uh, King's Academy graduation, and I had, a, I had a great time. It was a great time. And uh, um, I started, I talked to them about axes, okay, about axes. Now, again, I know some people that this brings up very sad memories, very difficult times, so don't be afraid. We're not going to throw this Although I did look online, I kept thinking about, you know, I wish we had some of those axe throwers. But then I had a flashback to a time when we had somebody come in and shoot a bow an arrow, and arrow. And, um, and during practice it went fine, but somehow or another <laughs> during the service, um, and we missed those people too. It was... Uh, <laughs> but it was... Uh, it was uh, <laughs> L- it, literally the, uh, it went the arrow remember, went through the hay bales through the wall, hit the wall, bounced off the wall, and so I thought, no, I could see the headlines now, you know, person decapitated during service, and, and it really really wouldn't be that, uh, that great event of, a, of a, <laughs> bring the Lord any glory there, right? But I do want to talk to you about, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, some things. so I want to start off with a story I started off with a couple of, uh, over at the graduation. Years ago, there was a, a lumberjack competition. It came down to the final day of the competition. And there were two lumberjacks that were left. Uh, one was an elderly, kind of withered, old lumberjack, barely looked like that he could, um, he could even, you know, swing an ax. But then there was, a, there was another lumberjack. And he was a young, strapping, strong, vibrant young man. And, and he looked over at his competition. And he said, oh, man, I feel like I've got this in the bag. The rules of the competition were simple, eight hours, who could cut down the most trees? And so the whistle sounded and off they went out to cut down the trees. They, man, the, the, the young lumberjack, he ran out into the woods and he just starts chopping, he's just going crazy and the old lumberjack, he just moseys over to a stump and he takes out his sharpening stone and he sits and he just begins to sharpen his axe. Well, that young lumberjack just looked at him. He didn't understand what was going on. He just worked. Then lunchtime came, and he saw the old man just walking slowly past, going over, sitting, just sharpening his axe. Man, that guy said, I'm I'm, going to work that much harder. So that young man, he worked, and he worked, and he worked, and he worked through lunch, and he just kept chopping. And so at the end of the day, he felt pretty confident. He said, man, I know that I have defeated this guy. And as a matter of fact, they walked up on the podium and the, the young man who was thoroughly exhausted by that time looked over at the older guy who seemed pretty relaxed and pretty rested and pretty refreshed. And so he was completely shocked when they announced that at the end of the day, not only had the older lumberjack beaten the young man, But he had substantially beaten. He'd cut down many more trees. He he just couldn't believe it. He he went over to the old lumberjack. He said, please explain to me what took place. He said, "I, I saw you taking breaks, eating lunch, resting. He said, well, what you didn't realize was every time I stopped to rest, I also sharpened my axe. I sharpened my axe. Ecclesiastes Chapter 10, verse 10 is a a very well-known proverb scripture from the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's kind of got condensed down to say this, to say a dull axe requires much strength. But if we look at the scriptures, we'll find out that it says a whole lot more than that. So if you would this morning, turn with me in your Bibles or look up on the screens and you can see that um, the scripture says this. Okay, you turn in there? Everybody getting there? We, we good? I, um, I also brought another axe this morning just to, um, one to, um, to, to show that axes come in all shapes and sizes. And um, that sometimes appearance can be de- deceiving. If we were to vote this morning, how many people uh, think that, that this axe is probably the sharpest axe? Anybody? A few of us? All right. Okay. How many people think this is the sharpest axe? Okay. There you. <laughs> all right. Well, well, this is a much sharp, uh, sharper axe. This is a brand new axe that really's got a dulled edge on it. hasn't been sharpened yet. And so, um, um, you know, all just appearance isn't always what the uh, the, the thing's about, right? So, um, so I want you to look with me. A dull axe requires much strength. scripture says this it says if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge he must use more strength but wisdom helps one succeed Uh, another translation the new living translation says this it says using a dull axe requires great strength so sharpen the blade that's the value of wisdom it will help you succeed okay so this is a and I know today this, this should be something that, that, that's very interesting because I'm probably talking to the sharpest people around, right? Is that anybody? Am I talking to the sharpest people? Okay, tell your neighbor, say he's talking about you this morning, all right? He's talking about you, all right? I don't care what, how many people have called you the dullest knife in the drawer or any of those kind of things. That's not true. That's not true. But you know what? One of the things as I was studying and researching, I did find out. That, um, that a dull axe is a danger to everybody. Um, maybe some of you have experienced that. You go to use a dull axe and all of a sudden, before you know it, uh, you've missed something. It's bounced off something. You've and, and you know what? It's been funny to me. The more people that I've talked to, everybody has an axe story. How many people in here have axe stories? Does anybody here... You you come on raise your hand. All right. We're not going to make you tell your stories It's amazing to me how many people have cut themselves have cut their foot have cut the, it, It's crazy, you know, but we don't want to be a doll axe. Amen So if that's the case, then then there's ways that I believe that God sharpens us We're gonna talk to we're gonna talk about first of all three ways that God sharpens us and the first way is God himself He sharpens us he sharpens us in the good times through the and in the difficult times and the good times, we know that he's he's sharpening us when he's providing for us and when he's blessing us and when he's keeping us safe. When he's keeping us, how many people say when he keeps us dry? Amen. That he's sharpening us. He's he's showing that we can trust him. That that he is faithful. Anybody here know that God can be trusted? Is there anybody here knows God is faithful and God will not fail and God will not let us down? And as Roger was saying, hey, we can put our trust in the Lord this morning, amen? Amen. Is it making you nervous that I've got this ax in my hand? Is that, I'm just telling you, this fulfills so many deep desires in my heart. How many, how many times I've wanted to come to church meetings and, and, and just, you know, I feel like we could really get a lot of things straightened out and so, uh, but... Uh, Mark, tomorrow morning, this is what we're going to do during the finance meeting here. So. But um, in the good times, God is sharpening us. But in the difficult times, folks, we need to understand and realize that God really is sharpening us. First Peter 1.7 puts it like this. It says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Now, it's just us here today, family. How many people have ever gone through a trial? Anybody ever gone through a difficult time? Anybody ever had a hard situation? Maybe it was a physical situation. Maybe it was a relationship issue. Maybe it was a mental, an emotional, a financial. How many people have ever gone through something like that? Anybody? Listen, listen to the Scripture here. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials, but it wasn't without purpose. The scripture here says that the genuineness of your faith, everybody say faith. faith Faith, circle that word. The genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found. Now this is what we've got to get our hearts around, that as God is sharpening us, as God is working on us, as God is is taking the difficult times of our lives and, and he's putting a fine edge on our life, it's not for failure, it's not punitive, it's not to hurt us, it's not to diminish our ability, but listen to this, that may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ that Jesus may be seen in your life, that, that you may be able to praise and to glorify God, and that God may be glorified in you. How? By you becoming victorious in those difficult times. Let me say this. In the difficult times, God has not left you. He is sharpening you. Amen? Anybody received that this morning? He hasn't left you. He's sharpening you. James chapter 1, verse 2 says this. It says, my brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials difficulties knowing that the testing of your faith produces the testing of your faith it produces something it brings something to pass in our lives The scripture here goes on and it says it produces patience. You know, that's one of the virtues, it's one of the characters, it's one of the manifestations of the Spirit of God in our lives, that the sharpening, that God is sharpening the patience of our lives. Anybody need a little more patience in their life, a little more sharpening in that area? Anybody driven down South Broadway recently, I'm just, man, God was working this week. I'm telling you, I should be like razor sharp just just by driving down that road. God's working to produce things in our lives. 1 Peter chapter 4 puts it like this Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. What's he doing? In the midst of that trial, he's preparing you. He's refining you. He's saying, you're going to come out victorious. You're an overcomer. You're a conqueror. You're going to come out and you're going to rejoice. Rejoice. Listen, in difficult times, God has not left you. He's sharpening you. And and let me say this. Difficulty is not the end of the story. Amen? Amen? It really isn't. I, I remember hearing Martin say one time, um, I don't know where he heard this, but just saying one time he said, listen, if it's not good, it's not over. Amen? Because he's working all things together for good, right? For our benefit. So in difficult times, God has not left you. Say it with me. In difficult times, God has not left you. He's sharpening you. Second way that God sharpens us is through others. Man, we could spend a lot of time on that, but we won't today. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We all need other people in our lives. Amen? Now, hopefully, they're not all grinding blocks and that that's all they do in our lives. But God uses other people to sharpen us friendships, okay? He brings friendships into our lives that call out the greatness of God in our life, that call out our talents, that call out our our skills, that encourage us in in the abilities that God's given us. We need some people to, to come on and to pat us on the back and to say, hey, don't give up, don't quit. Yeah, it's difficult now, but God's just sharpening you Stay in the game, stay in the race, keep pursuing that dream, keep pursuing that goal, keep going after that thing. Man, it may seem a million miles away, but if God's put the desire in your heart, don't give up, don't quit. Don't, anybody thankful for friends like that? Man, I'm thankful for friends like that. People that call out the best in us. You know, that um, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse, uh, verses nine and 10 says this, this is two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil for if they fall one will lift his fellow up but woe to him who is alone when he falls and he doesn't have another to lift him up i said this a few weeks ago but but man it's amazing how successful the trap of the enemy is to keep getting people to just pull back from friends pull back from family pull back from the body of Christ and to get into a place of of isolation. And can I say this? That if you go into isolation, you're going to be an easy target. Nobody's, we're just not created to make it on our own. We're created to be a part of friendships and families and and the body of Christ. And and so in those times when God's sharpening you, don't, don't pull away from, but push into the kingdom of God, the community of God, the families and the friends. There's a statement we use a lot of times with, uh, with, especially with teenagers, it says this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Can I tell you, that's not just a statement for teenagers, that's a statement for all of us. That, that, that we need to be strategic and intentional about, about the people that, that we draw close into our lives so God can use them to sharpen us, that God can use them to call out His best speak words of life into us and, and us into them, amen? So those, those areas of friendships are very, very important. Another other I think that God uses is, um, is authorities. In every realm of life, uh, there are God-ordained authorities in the home, in church, in government, in, the, in our workplace, um, in our community. There, there's all different kinds of, of authorities. And if we are people and we are living in a world, we are living in a world where people who are being patted on the back and they're being applauded and they're being given huge platforms simply because they're against, they're in rebellion or they're against authorities. And can I tell you that it may look like success for a moment, but it will not last. Listen to what the scripture says in Romans chapter verse 13. It says this, it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there's no authority except from God and those that, uh, those that exist have been in, instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Can, can I, with, with all love and today, and, and just say, listen, if God's got you in a difficult place, maybe it's in a work situation, and, and you've got a boss that's just a, a jerk here, and now, if you if you work for a family member, just uh, excuse all. Okay, I'm just. But man, and, and it just seems like they're riding you. It seems like it's a tough scenario. Can I tell you that the, the response to that, the answer to that is not, it's not just negativity and, and rebellion and rejecting, uh, re, you know, just 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 seeking your own and they treated me bad, I can treat them bad and they did something bad to me, I, I don't have to give my best. No, listen, God's using this opportunity to sharpen your life, to make you the best. I believe that what God's doing is he's taking this difficult time to prepare you for Promotion in the name of Jesus. Amen? So don't, don't rebel against those authorities. God uses these to promote us, to train us, to equip us, to empower us for His purposes, and to sharpen us for His glory. So God says, hey, d- don't, don't, don't rebel against authorities for your own. Uh, you know, for your own sake, you don't want to be under judgment. And then, secondarily, he says this in verse. Um, he says this in verse five, but also for the sake of conscience. We, we, don't, we don't want to be carrying around guilt and, and, and difficulty in our hearts and our minds because we haven't been our best. Can I tell you this? That nobody, nobody, Yvette and I have had this discussion lots of times, is that, that you know, somebody says something or somebody does something. And, and, um, you know, and like she might say to me, well, what are you going to say? Are you going to, what, do you, what do you think about that? And I go, I don't. You know, I'm, not, I'm not going to think about it. Well, what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, why not? Because in my response is, why would I want to give somebody like that some control or authority in my life? Amen? God's got us on a path. God's got us on a purpose. God's pointing us in a direction. Don't get distracted. Don't get diverted. Keep following and walking in the ways of the Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. Pay to all who's owed them, verse 7 says, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom uh, revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Live that way and God will bless it. Amen? Amen. The third way that God sharpens us is ourselves. More and more, God will place the responsibility of sharpening our lives, sharpening your life in your hands. More and more, it's your responsibility to stay sharp. The stewardship of your time, of your resources, your opportunities, your finances. God's saying, hey, listen, I'm giving you the ability to sharpen your life. I'm giving you the responsibility to to pursue, to discover your gifts, to develop your talents, to to, to be a good steward of, of all that I've given you. Philippians chapter two puts it like this. It says, therefore, my beloved as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now also in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, let me say this stop, hold on. This doesn't mean you save yourself, right? But now that you're saved, now that you've come to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then, then work it out. Then, then the, the, the word there in the Greek, it's kar- katergeizomai. And what, what it means this. It means to, to, to form something, to perform it, to fashion it, to render one thing to fit another. I love that definition, to render one thing to fit another. You, you know what the, the apostle's telling? Him? He's saying, hey, listen, since you're in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, you've been saved, you've been born again, you've been, been made a special people, then let the life you live on the outside look, look, look like what's taking place on the inside, How many people think that's a good plan? Man, it makes me wonder. I wonder what would have happened through the years in the church if how we lived on the outside lined up with everything we professed on the inside. Amen? And so that's what he's saying. He's saying that uh, that work these areas out, and, and so let's take a couple of minutes here as we push towards the close this morning, and talk about a couple of these areas specifically where we can put a sharper edge on our lives. Amen, amen. The first place I want to talk about today is um, is just, uh, and I mentioned this to our to the uh, to the um, the graduates at King's Academy uh, was is relational issues, re- re- just. I think that 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 we live in a world that that somehow or another, we especially believers have got to be sharp when it comes to being uh, to our relational skills and to our relational abilities. We've got to be people who um, know how to maintain good relationships, maintain good relationships with our with our with our families. With our, and we're gonna we'll talk a little bit more about this, but. But can I, can I suggest just one trait this morning that would um, help us in our relational skills just humongously? And um, like I said, I shared this a couple of weeks or whenever that was for the graduation. I, I, I want to suggest one thing, and, and we're not going to talk a whole lot about it other than to say, I believe that one of the greatest things that could help our relationals, our relationships and improve our relational skills is if we could refine, if we could improve the skill of listening, the skill of listening. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody listening this morning? Is there? <laughs> now we know there's a difference between hearing and listening, right? Well, through the years, there've been times. You know, Yvette would say something. She would be like, "Hey, Sam, you know, blah 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 blah." And she go, um, and "I'd go." She goes, "Did you hear me?" And I go, "Yes, I heard you." You said the house is on fire, and so, uh, and I'd still be sitting there, you know, watching Sports Channel or something. So I was hearing, but I wasn't really listening. I wasn't tuning in. I really do believe that in our world, especially, especially with all of the stuff that goes on with uh, social media, that, that so many times we flip through things and we don't really hear with our hearts we We hear somebody say "Oh yeah man i've had a horrible week it's been a difficult time and we go, oh, well, praying for you, God bless you and, and and somehow or another, our hearts don't get moved we're we don't, we don't really hear what's going on. Somebody talks about a crisis in a relationship. Somebody talks about a, a struggle of faith. Somebody talks about being concerned about a, a son or a daughter. And, and all of a sudden, we hear the words, but, but there's not, there's not a, a, an appropriate response that comes. And, and folks, can I tell you, if we're going to be the people that God uses to win this world, we're going to have to be a people who hear, not just with our ears, but with our hearts. Amen? Amen. Amen. So a second area I think that God really wants to work with us to sharpen is our faith, our our faith life. Um, Sometimes I just think we take for granted this whole issue of faith and walking out and living out our faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And and can I say this? All of us here today would raise our hand and say, oh, I believe that he is. But do we live like we believe that he is? Uh, Do do we really, is our faith, is our faith and our belief, what we say we believe and how we live, are they are they, you know, do they, do they match up? Do they lock up? So the, again, the scripture says we must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Folks, listen, if we really believe that God is a rewarder of those that would seek him, why would we not seek him? We'd be foolish, right? But how many times do we let so many things distract us and keep us from, from developing our faith light, from sharpening the edge of our faith. This morning, I believe God wants to help us to do that. I think there's a couple of parts to this. The, to our faith, there's the belief part. We, we know that Scripture talks about this in Romans 10:17, where it says that, that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I, I believe that, that it's essential that, that if we're refining, if we're sharpening our lives, amen, that we're going to be people of the word. How many people know, know that the word of God sharpens our lives? I, I don't know about you, but, but when I read the word, most of the time, I'm encouraged, I'm, I'm comforted, I'm reassured, my faith is built, I, my trust, my, uh, my knowledge of who God is has increased. Has anybody ever experienced that when you read the Word? Man, you go in, you're dealing with some fears, and all of a sudden you recognize there's nothing to fear because the God of the Bible, He is my dad, he's my, I'm His child, He is for me, He is with me. And it encourages me, it sharpens me, it, it strengthens me. And then there's other times when the Word of God will confront me with some things. Anybody ever had the Word of God confront you with something? And and that maybe there's some wrong belief that we've been allowing to exist in our life. There's some practice that we've allowed somehow or another. We don't even know that it's happened, but we've walked through life and something just got on us. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does anybody ever, does that ever happen to you? I mean, I can just walk past an Italian restaurant and get spaghetti spots on me. I don't know how that happens. That's just, you know what I'm, Last night at the wedding, it was like I'm telling you, I want to live free from fear, but but if there's spaghetti in heaven, I'm just concerned. I really am because it was like I, you know, I had to put a whole sheet around and you know just to not because it's just it's just going to happen. It just seems like it's going to happen. But stuff gets on us, and the word of God just comes along and says, "Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to sharpen that edge. I want to get that off." I like what Matthew chapter 6 verse 30 says. It says, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? And listen what he says, oh, ye of little faith. You know what? For years, I read that scripture as, as a finger in the face that says, you've just got little faith. You've just got little faith. You've just got little faith. And then all of a sudden, what I, now I read it and I hear God say, oh, you can have more faith. You can have more faith. You don't have to stay where you're at. You don't have to stay limited. You don't have to stay at a place where where the, the grass of the field deserves more than you do or gets more than you do or experiences more than you do. No, if you're of little faith, then I can sharpen you and there can be more faith. Amen? I'm telling you, that's what God wants to do. That's what God wants to do. I put this in my notes a little earlier and skipped over it, but it says, we are those who are continually growing in faith. We start with a portion of faith, and then what we do with it, we grow that faith. We develop that faith. That's the privilege. That's the responsibility that we're giving as sons and daughters of God. Proverbs 28 verse 20 says this. He says, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Listen, faith comes first. Our faith, folks... Our faith. We are people of faith. We are saved by faith. We live by faith. We said it earlier, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we start with faith, and then as our life, as our belief system, as, we, as it increases, as we know more who God is and what his kingdom is and what his graces are and what his character is and how much he loves, how much his love abounds in our lives, we start with faith, and then it begins to be watered out in our lives and it comes it goes from faith first then faith is what we believe and then faith becomes what we do and that's the second part of our faith it's the works part now I don't want us to get confused here we're not saved by works but when we are saved then by faith God allows us to accomplish righteous works to see righteous works of faith done in our lives. How many people, anybody ever read Hebrews 11? In Hebrews 11, there's a whole litany, there's a whole list. It's called the Hebrews, uh, the Hall of Fame of Faith, where by faith people conquered territories. Any conquerors here today? By faith people overcame uh, trials and difficulties and shut the mouths of lions. And by faith they endured and overcame persecution. By faith, by faith. God wants us to develop the works part of our life. James chapter 2 verse 18 says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. said it a minute ago. We start with just a portion. We start with enough faith to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We start with enough faith to, to to yield to his lordship. We and then it grows, and it impacts not just what we think, what we believe, but how we live our lives. How how you live in the tangible areas of your life reveals your faith. Amen. Did did you get that? How we live, how we live in our day to day lives, it says what we believe. It tells us what our faith is. What's our faith? I had a, I had a. Um, a professor in college, he used to say, he said, um, he goes, give me your checkbook and I'll tell you what you believe. I'll show you where your faith is. You know? He said, well, where, where are you spending all your money? Where's, where, are you, where are you spending your time? Can I, can I mention just a couple of things here that I want to continue to see sharpened in our lives? Husbands, men, look at me just for a second. How we love our wives, how we love our wives shows what we believe That'd be a great time for, to say amen, all the husbands, amen, right? Uh, and, and from time to time, the truth of the matter is that sometimes we can, we can, allow, we can allow the edge of our, of, of our acts to become dull, and, and we can begin to take people, the relationships, the spouses that God's given us, and take them for granted. And I'm just telling you, it's time now to get that sharp edge back. By loving, by honoring, by praying for, by praying with, by, by valuing, by speaking words of blessing over our wives, by being the men of God that he's created us to be, by, by being men who say, I'm going to pursue God with all of my heart because that's what my wife deserves. Amen? So husbands that, that love their wives. Parents, how you invest in your children Shows your faith. It shows your faith life. Or are you, we just, or um, have our children just become, a, 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 you know, just a, an irritation and an aggravation and all those things, you know? A, I should say, again, have they become, <laughs> right? No. Or do we see that the children that God's given us are a gift from God? They are the blessing, the scripture says, from the hand of God. Amen. And so we want to continue to not just take the easy route. Look, we don't want to just continue to let, let the world and the work and the responsibilities and the issue of life, we don't want to let those things so wear us down, so, so wear us out, that the only thing that our family, the only thing that the valuable relationships of our lives get is just leftovers. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not condemning here, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm telling you this that it's time for us to once again sharpen the, va- the things that we value in our lives. Amen? It's once again time to be speaking words of faith and, and pouring buckets of love and, 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 and pouring character and pouring passion for Jesus into those, those little men and women that God have given us to be their parents. Amen? So I, I challenge you that. At least, listen, the tangible areas of our life, they show our faith. They show our faith, and and I could just go on and on. There's there's all kinds of areas, and but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mention one more real quickly, and and this is loosely in my notes. But can I can I say this that how we steward the resources of our lives, our time, man, I, I've got to tell you that's one of the ones the Lord has just been <laughs> the, the time, the time. The priorities of our lives, the, man, how we use that time that God's given us. Do we do we let things steal our times away and dull the edge of our life? You know what? I heard somebody say at one time, you might be able to make more money, but you can't make more time. And so, are we being good? Res- are we are, are we being good stewards of the of the time that God has given us? And and then and then finances. Finances, I, I, I've got to tell you that um, I'm having a finance team meeting tomorrow, and, um, but one of the things, and, and, and I'm just going to lay this out and hope you understand it, and, but, um, but uh, here, just since we've moved into the church, uh, by and large, our attendance is up, okay? Our attendance, we have more people attending, and we're glad you're here, we love you. But by and large, what we see is we see less people tithing and tithing a less amount. Now, I know that last, and listen, I promise you, there's people here that know that there may have been a day and time in my life where that would have stressed me out. It could have provoked fear. I promise you that's not the issue. But I will tell you that what it has done for me is it's, it's made me be more prayerful for you. Because I believe with all of my heart that being connected to the economy of God is the only way we're going to be able to make it, folks. That being people who live connected to the goodness and to the faithfulness and to the provision of God in our lives is the only way. Now, now, now listen, your, your giving is between you and God. But, but can I tell you this? Don't, don't let faith rob you. I mean, I mean, don't let fear rob you of what God wants to bless your life. It, very tangibly... God asks for a very, very small portion as a tithe, to just say, "Here's my trust. Here's my statement of faith." And can I tell you, I've been there. Yvette and I have had more discussions recently. We've we've had some issues that we've had to go through. And and, and look, I know that last year there are people here that you gave sacrificially. I know that there are people here that just gave an abundance for the building uh, fund. But can I, can I say this? The response to giving into abundance isn't to pull back your giving. It's just to get it ordered. It's just to get it into a right place. And my concern is this. My concern is that people read the news or, or people get their eyes off of the faithfulness of God and, and all of a sudden think that the only thing that I can, that I can trust is my own resources and my own ability And can I tell you today that you can trust God. Let God sharpen the edge of your faith. Continue to be faithful. I believe that God, I've seen it, I can prove it in our own lives, that God, as people are faithful, as we are faithful as tithers, as we are faithful as as people who live a generous life, God will sharpen the edge and God will make it easier to see things accomplished in our lives than we could ever do it in our own strength and in our own ability. Let me read a scripture in Luke sixteen. It says this: it "Said there is one who is faithful in very little. Uh, there is one who is faithful in a very little, and is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little, and is also dishonest in much. If then you've been, if you then, excuse me, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you the true riches? And and I can say this today with with just an assurance of heart." I want to see every person's life. Let's let's get eye to eye here, you and me, okay? I want to see your life filled with the true riches of God. The, The revelation of his presence, the experience of who he is. But I'm just telling you, if we can't handle the tangible things, do you think God's going to trust the true riches? Look, I believe that God's looking for people That say, God, we are completely, totally, 100%, unconditionally committed to live as your sons and daughters, to live by faith, to live by faith in every area, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation. And I believe God's up there saying, You're the ones. I'm looking to flood, to flood with my revelation, to flood with my good things, to flood with my true riches. So let's be those people who are, let's be those people who are, who are continuing to sharpen the edge of our faithfulness in every area of our lives. Amen? Amen. How many people think that's a, that's a good word for today? Amen? Amen. So everybody go ahead and clap just so you'll know how to do it. All right. There. <laughs> you know, I ended um, I ended this uh, uh, the message today a little longer, a little more detailed, but ended last week saying, but there's one other thing, there's one other thing that I think that God wants to sharpen in our lives, and it's just that, it's love, it, it, it's love. You know, the Bible says this, it says, faith works by love. For, for our faith life, whether it's in what we believe or what we live, you know what, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come by faith. It's going to come because of love. And can I tell you today, God loves you. He, he loves you. He, he really does. God wants good for you. So listen, when God is sharpening the edge of your life or he's helping, helping you to sharpen the edge of your life, in difficult times, remember this. God hasn't left you. He's just sharpening you. He hasn't forgot about you he's just sharpening you okay in those in those tough times when it's tough to tangibly live it out in a relationship in a financial situation in a the use of our time or our gifts or our talents when we're being stretched when we're being challenged look God's not trying to get us to fail he's not looking to God's let me let me say this God's not trying to find a reason to hurt or punish or or, or discipline his children. What he's doing is he's looking for the opportunities to pour out his goodness, to pour out his blessing, to pour out his love, to increase his love in our lives, that he can increase his love through our lives. Amen?